Welcome to episode 41 of The Decided Heart Effect, where we invite you every week to take action and be inspired to live with a decided heart. My name is Sonia Montiel, and my co-host here is Hilary Bilbrey. Hi, Hilary. And we have someone special for you today, Carol Burton. She is the founder of Radiance Resources and the podcast host of Radiance Real Talk. She is known as the go-to resource and leader for tough conversations around equity and adaptability in the workplace, in our own lives. And she also stresses the importance of self-care and accountability. Now, Carol, I just have to tell you, when I first met you, yes, it was incredible how you welcomed me and a bunch of other strangers in the virtual room to have a tough reflection moment. Uh, you allowed me and others to honor our reaction and our response to those moments, then engage in these uncomfortable, tough conversations. And then I got to have the courage to rebuild and adapt. And I, I first want to thank you and thank you for joining us so we can expand that, that conversation to others here. So welcome. Wow. I'm soaking it in because a lot of times we don't. Thank you. I love that. I love that you're doing that in real time because Mm -hmm. yes, I do think that so much of what you're saying, just, just saying, soaking it in, in. we have been so busy in life. We have been moving here, there and everywhere that we don't take that time. And when we don't take the time to change it, to, to soak it in, we can't change. We can't adapt. We can't, we don't give ourselves enough time to change course. Exactly. And this has been a really scary time for a lot of people, the pandemic. We have had so many calls for racial equity because we are, we are seeing with our Asian friends, with our black friends, we are seeing so many things out there that need to happen and need to be heard. You are at the forefront of so much of this work from a leadership perspective, from a, from a true change perspective. And yet, instead of being afraid, you say fear is your rocket fuel. When did you know that? And how did you come to have this decided heart moment of, I need to be part of this change? I've always known that I wanted to be part of the change. The timing was never present. The door was never opened. And thank you for the question. And honestly, It was George Floyd. George opened up that door. He did. And back in 19, in, uh, excuse me, in 2019, I started, I always ask myself rhetorical questions. I always have since I was a child. I throw it out into the universe and the answer shows up in ways I never know. And I trust in that. I always have. The question I asked was, is, and it's a continual, these, these are never in, they're really never ending answers. They're, they're, they continue to evolve and deepen and widen. It is, what would it look like in our workplaces, in our homes, where we reside, where we give back, where we give, where do we, where we exist in life? What would it look like if we had a daily equity practice? What would that really look like? And in 20, in 2018 is really when I asked that question in 2019, what showed up was for me to look at how to be adaptable. What does adaptive leadership look like as the academic model, 
as the real life leadership space of being um, follower centric, person centric, other people centric. And then I also evoked in Dr. Tony Alexandria's work from 1996, right? About the platinum rule, treat others as they want to be treated. To me is the 2.0 of the golden rule, treat others as I want to be treated. We're moving from I to we. So when the curtain was, was I call it, I don't call it layers of onion, onion layers. Is I call COVID-19 the ocean and all these buoys are popping up. It's issues that have always been there, regardless if it's personal, professional, global. They've always been there. We've never allowed ourselves to take the time to address them. That is what COVID did. And so these buoys that keep popping up these buoys just keep the buoys. This is how de how much in depth the buoys are. So the first curtain that showed up was George was was the was here. I'm here and I live here in Minneapolis. So was George. The second one really, I would say, was January six. And I'm not talking just here in the United States. I'm talking all around the world. So we can see incidences like this. These are all buoys. That's all they are and we need to address them. So even though I never got my answer, I got more questions. And I realized that timing is everything. And when I surrender to allow myself to listen to others, to be into their shoes, I then let go of my fear. I shift my fear into rocket fuel. So for I understand how to live my purpose authentically every moment of my day even though I'm fighting my own demons. See that, see that stuff doesn't, that, that stuff doesn't end, it begins. So to be honest with you, Hillary, I take the, for the phrase human being and I split it into two. Human for me is that stuff, the self-doubt. Am I good enough? Should, I should have done that. Why didn't I do that? I don't know where to go. I don't know how to begin. That's the human. That's where all the stops and starts of life happen. That's where systemic racism lies. Scarcity mindset, fear, okay? That's where all those isms lie, intersectionality, all of it, okay? If I'm in the being, that's butter. If you've ever been on a team or you've been in a process or a program that just everything just comes into play and it floats like butter and you go, this is awesome. This is great. This is so easy. That's being. That's being. So if I live in my fear, that's my, that's the human. If I live in my being, you see, that's where the rocket fuel gets, gets moved and shifted. So that's why I say fear is my rocket fuel. I love that. That it's, it's, so interesting because that is, you know, from a physiological standpoint, I know that fear and excitement look the same. Yes. Right. But, yes. but the shift comes in the breath. Yes. The shift comes from, and you can do that if you're in your being, but yes. I would, so much of what you teach. Yes. You, you are so incredibly intelligent and, and well um, researched on leadership and equity, so many things, but you also have this point of self-care. And if you're not taking care of self, yes, you can't show up in being. You can't because for me, self-care is not selfish. It is selfless. Very simple. And so if I'm not taking care of myself, how can the things that energize me, 
the work that I want to make change in this world, how can I do that fully? I can't, I can't, it's impossible. And so in my mind, that was the other piece of fear is my rocket fuel is that I had to come to terms with how I was self-caring for myself. Notice I just said how I am self-caring for myself. So I needed to choose as a commitment, not an option, right? Not as a choice, but to choose as a commitment to really get to know little Carol, to really heal little Carol. To understand, right? All of that stuff that happened in our past. Again, COVID-19, it's great. So what did everybody do with COVID-19 with the ocean? Everybody went home, freaked out. Everybody went shock. Whole world, boom. Everybody's on the same <laughs> playing field. Woo, party on, right? And then what did we start doing? Well, we can't stand dealing with ourselves. So we started cleaning our homes. We sold our homes. We went into mobile homes. We went into tiny houses. We went into storage, whatever, right? We, we did, but see, we still weren't dealing with ourselves until George. So we had to go internal. And so that is another way of how self-care showed up you notice how people said why am i working on why am i doing this work what what i got laid off wait a minute i have a freedom wait a minute see see what i mean so the self-care showed up in various ways that we were not expecting some for the good some for not again it still had us look regardless of how it is shaking out And so that is the reason why, to be honest with you both, I found my voice this past summer in that I could speak up and say, this doesn't work for me. Mm. Or your behavior had me go into this space. I never said that, especially when I was in the workplace. Goodness, no. There was a freedom that happened for me to have my voice amplified in a way that I never thought it could. The door was open. So that's been my work to be blunt, to to really be honest. And I did a five part series with a fantastic woman. Her name is Sarah McNally. And uh, Sarah wanted to explore her daily equity practice. I didn't know what that looked like to be bluntly honest with you from a personal level. So she wanted to explore her self as a white woman with with privilege and power. And we recorded it. We recorded it that early early September. I didn't publish it on my website, on on my podcast until December 29th. The other thing that about fuels my, fears my rocket fuel in leaning in and hearing and understanding people living in their shoes, I knew the collective wasn't ready. I had to wait for us to be ready to send it out into the universe, literally. So for me, timing is the other component of self-care because if I'm aware that if I might not be ready, others may not be ready, but it's not about me, it's about them. And how I knew was that I could feel people take a breath. And that's the thing. If we tune into each other consistently, we know what each other needs. Therefore, we move from the scarcity mindset. Ah to the abundance mindset Mm -hmm. that's the other piece of that of self-care see how we're see how so that's that's where that moves 
well, in my I'm, in my mind at least that's where that moves i think for for me personally you know i, I i'm 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 still with the imagery of the ocean and the buoys pop, popping yeah. up yeah and that we are all somewhat in our tiny little islands and we're we're seeing these buoys pop up and and the big ones yeah void ones they pop up and they're they're and I'm this is personal experience like oh and many think like oh it's out there but it's way out there and all of a sudden it's swimming or floating closer to us but what in the meantime and this is where I feel like it's so important other buoys start popping up very close to our tiny island yes these are the human buoys are, yes. to, uh, for me how can I do the work for for communities for for a bigger part of who I am as a human being if I cannot do the work for me being human. And that's where I felt listening to you, you really helped me stay there. And instead of the distractions of, well, I'll just sweep up, I'll just clean up, I'll be busy. I will do the work of just being busy, pretending I'm, I'm really um, facing those fears, but it is that decided heart moment where it's like, they're still there. They're still there. And, and for me, in terms of the self-care, you know, we're not talking about, oh, we just need to take a break, take a vacation, go get a massage. Mm -hmm. Self-care is really doing the work of why are these little buoys still here? Because I need to make the bigger change. So that's really resonant, sitting, it's settling with me right now. I agree. I, and I would also say, Carol, I want to... Are we able to go back for a second and touch on, I think something that you said so important that will, I mean, everything is important. Let's just be honest. Everything that you've said is important. Um, but something that really struck me, you were talking about literal, little Carol and some of our, some of our listeners and viewers might be like, wait, what's she talking about? And is, does she have a daughter? Like what's going on? The, the work and the vulnerability that comes from turning around and actually healing, you know, we all, our parents, uh, our community, the people around us, they're, they're doing, I, I try to believe we're doing the best we can in any given moment, but that doesn't mean there aren't injuries, that there aren't things that happen that create talk tracks for us that aren't helpful and that don't serve us as adults that we have to shed and let go of. And, uh, could you, I do think that that is something, an immediate practice, an immediate thing that some of our viewers and listeners could understand is that work that happens between the adult Carol and the little Carol. Do you mind speaking to that? Sure. I, and this is the first time I've spoken about it. So thank you for the container for me to step into, to talk about it. That's a, that's a lifelong journey in my mind. And I also study um, Frederick Hudson. His work was incredible from the early 90s. He created a model that really helps one fully understand when we move through life transitions. I call them chapters of our book of life. And in that... I realized that I needed to choose if I truly wanted to heal from past events that happened in my life that changed the course of my life. And I may not have healed as well as I thought I could have. So it was a process and it's still ongoing to be honest of 
going down into the well. And it's not a scary place. It's a very warm place, believe it or not. This is, this is the imagery in my mind. Mm-hmm. And hearing and actually visualizing and stepping back into situations. And now that, I was in, now that I'm older, I have language that I didn't have before to, sell, to identify what that was, to then choose to say, how do I let that go? How do I acknowledge that? How, why do I need to let that go? Why do I need to acknowledge that? So it's a constant flow of thought with care for myself, to be honest. And that is the, um, that is the, that's the journey. That's the part of the transition of going all the way down into the well. And I'm attached to a string and I sit. And when I come close to the, to the bottom, I float. And that is where I am comfortable in being in nothing. And for me, that is where we heal. That's where the beginning of that process heals is where we float in nothing. So I know that when I feel as though I'm not in control, I'm actually in control because I'm in nothing. It's truly getting, let. it's truly the most vulnerable space that I'm in. And now I can say, Carol, I love you. That's huge. Baby Carol, I'm going to take care of you. That's big. Baby Carol, you did the best you could with what you had at the time. And let's go do this together in this new realm, in this new movement, in this new space. Let's say yes, and let's have our boundaries of saying no and being powerful in that. That is the journey that I have continuously been through and moving through. And I don't think that ever really ends until I take my last breath. And I wonder, and I wonder, Hillary, if that's part of where, as I think this through, it's part of where we begin to understand our energy, where we, where we are energized, where we have purpose, where we have meaning, where we have life. It's where I found my voice. It's where I continue to go back into that well to continue to come up and find my voice. We had that voice as children. Something happened and we stopped that voice. I assert for us to go back into that space to reclaim that voice again. Yes, yes. I mean, and I think, I think that that is what the image that I get, the word that I get when I hear you is the word forgiveness. Because I think that we, and I know we're, we're leaning a little Brene Brown here for a second, but the idea of shame, and I think so many women in particular, but I think men as well, look back and they feel shame or they feel hurt or they feel they put themselves into a victim mentality of if only so-and-so would have done something differently. If so, if only blah, blah, it is never too late. It is never too late to pick up the pen and write a different narrative. It is never too late to go back and talk to that child. You can mother yourself, father yourself and, and grab hold of that hand, that little Carol, that little Sonia, that little Hillary and say, Mm -hmm. 
you know, we can move forward together. Don't stay stuck there anymore because you have always been the author and the hero of your own story. You've always had a voice mm-hmm. and, and that's where that forgiveness happens. That's where the weight lifts and that's where the magic and the purpose comes to light. I agree with that. And my mother was um, an educator, elementary educator. She, would, she never looked at people <laughs> as adults. She would see the real you, mm-hmm. the you you did not want to expose. That's who she always saw. So she knew how old you were, regardless of what the date or your body bag said, as far as your life, the body, you know, this body, literally, right? Regardless of what it looked like, she always knew how old you really were. She had a really good knack for that, right? And so she would say, well, Carol, how old is he? When I was having issues at work or having issues at you know, wherever I gave back and, you know, given to the community. And I was having, I was having conflict, right? Issues resolution. That's where I live as well. That's the other part of the fear is my rocket fuel. I run to conflict. I don't run away from it. I face it because that's where I know where I grow. And I would say, well, he's da da da, like is in years of number on earth. And she's no, no, no. How old is he? How old is she? How old are they? probably about 15. All right. Now, you know, you're dealing with the teenager. How do you deal? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I, I just want to say it's one of the very first times the way that you describe, you know, vulnerability, we, we throw vulnerability that term around everywhere, power of vulnerability. Once you have your vulnerability, you know, you're going to grow, but in that space of nothingness, I fear just for a minute, that's fearful. Nothingness. Oh, I'm something. Someone told me, many people told me, you're something, Sonia. Like, you're going to be something. Label, 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 label. And if we don't have a label to tie in this movement or a direction, moving forward, moving backwards, we can't possibly be nothing. And I I just so appreciate the power that nothing is powerful. And in that space, because we're gonna we're gonna switch a little bit to the adaptability part, sure. is your most raw space. Like that to me, it's like I've been there. I've mm-hmm. you've helped me see like I have been there many times. Mm-hmm. And I have embraced my sense of real self fully. fully. And the energy, the power of that is just extraordinary. When when we can get to that space, very mm-hmm. difficult to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, um, you talk about not necessarily change, but adaptability. Yes. And I think that's such a, a really interesting, like very specific difference as well. Can you speak to that a bit? Sure. So for me, adaptability is being open to being vulnerable. It's being open to the change. It's being open for me not to amplify my voice, for me to amplify others' voices through my voice. So that is the weaving that I've created of the relationship between the I and the we. That is how I see adapting. So the adapted, so I'll go in the academic space for really quick. The adaptive leadership model is extraordinarily follower centric. It takes on the space of the leader allows for the followers to lead. 
We all lead, we all follow. Even, in, even if we have a business or a family, everybody leads, everybody follows. It's in the same body. You do it both ways. <laughs> even if you own your own business, you follow your, your clients, you follow your vendors. Everyone leads and follows. The CEOs of major corporations, they have 12 leaders. They're called their board. Those are their bosses. Exact same thing. Same thing in academia. Your deans follow the leaders of the board of regents, just like the presidents do. It's all the same. What I assert is if we allow our followers to lead us I've seen this over and over again, the project, the experiment, the party, the event, the family grows exponentially because there's valuable lushness in that. It's not necessarily a kumbaya because we all have divergent thinking due to our experiences, how we see life, and how we view life. Seeing and viewing are two different things. And so for me, the abundance mindset literally lives in the adaptive leadership model in this case. So now I'm pulling it back out of that. You see, you see how I just did that? I'm moving it out of, adapt, uh, out of the academic space into real life. So in real life, it's if I have a cause we saw it up here after, uh, after, the, after the, um, the uproar that came to us and was, was funneled and was created here as well. So it was a both and of communities, hundreds of people with COVID in masks the next day after all of Minneapolis and parts of St. Paul and parts of our cities were blowing up would come and clean. It was to the point where you couldn't tell where something had happened physically. There would be parking lots filled with bags of food for those areas that were impacted. I'm talking literal school parking lots filled with bags of food. What? You see, so that is goes beyond feeling bad. That is, I want to save. I need to do this. For my community, there's where the we comes in, even if it's for a flash of a moment. That to me is an adaptable mindset. It's an abundance mindset. And that's to, for me, that's the reason why I'm leaning on the adapting to answer your question, because that for me is more powerful and it's pliable and it's tangible. It's, it's all three. And, and that's, uh, in, in that in living in an abundance mindset for me is what adaptive living is all about. And it's a choice. It's a choice to commit. So as we move from opt-in choice to opt-in commit, it's opt-in commit. And in between those two, that's where the adapting happens. That's where that movement literally happens. Because once I know I'm committed, I'm an advocate, I'm a champion. I'm a sponsor, I'm an ally, I'm an accomplice, I'm all of that and more. And that to me is where my life then moves forward in a trajectory that I didn't even recognize. And abundance comes to me in ways that I never even imagined. 
Oh, Carol, I want you here for like the rest of the day for tomorrow. We're going to have more conversations. You told me Sonia was right. Sonia's like, you are going to love Carol. She is so radiant. I, I do not want to stop this conversation, but I actually think we have so much to soak in right now. And the last, those last thoughts that you left us with, I think, you know, it really is such a bookend for where we started, where we end, you use the word commit, we use the word decide, Mm -hmm. you know, the, where, where change happens, where adapt, where, where not just change, where the we happens, where the we happens, where the we happens is when you decide, when you decide to commit, not just to yourself, but to your community, to those around you, when you, when you listen, when you follow and lead, Mm -hmm. those things can exist simultaneously when you heal where you were and you understand that you can rewrite this narrative moving forward for not just you, but in an abundance mindset for everyone around you. Thank you so much for being with us today, Carol. Thank you. This was a, this was a pleasure. (laughs) I appreciate it greatly. Yay. I do hope we have, I do hope we have you back. I just feel like there's chapters where we can some of these things and it really truly feels like an honor and you've done it again, Carol. It's like, you've invited me in and and in terms of personal reflection, I kind of want to dig into the well today. I want to go down and just kind of say hi to myself, you know, and and giving me that space in in my world of of busy. I just thank you. I'm just honored by you and I, I just appreciate you. So and I, and I appreciate this. I appreciate what you all are doing here. It's fantastic because it's really lifting into our, our, our authentic selves. Yeah. And you know what? We need to tell people, you know, okay. I know that people are going to be like, how do I get more of Carol? Like yes. Hillary and Sonia, I need it. I need it. <laughs> we need more Carol. I need a jet line. Um, sure. so how can our, how can our people find you? Sure. I am pretty much everywhere. Uh, for sure. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Come play with me in the LinkedIn space. I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's Carol underscore speaks for, for LinkedIn, uh, for Facebook and Instagram. It's Carol Burton speaks. Um, I'm also in clubhouse. Uh, that is Carol underscore speaks as well. Yes. Love, I, I was clubhouse is, is absolutely amazing. Uh, and, uh, and my website, radianceresources.com. Awesome. Come play. Oh, but it will have all of those, by the way, it's Carol with an E when you're looking, Um, we will have all of the links in, in our, both on YouTube, where you can find us, Spotify, Mm -hmm. Apple podcasts, anywhere where you, anywhere where you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to this with Carol. So yes. And I also have radiance real talk as well for my podcast too. So we can definitely connect in both ways. So definitely. So, because I want to continue you all's work as well this is fabulous what you're doing and thank you for having me on board i appreciate it greatly oh thank you so much and we want to thank our listeners and our viewers for another wonderful episode that we are so privileged to be a part of of the decided heart effect we hope that you have enjoyed listening and learning from carol as much as we have i've noticed i've been leaning in so much that i was like oh i gotta i have to take my head back just a little bit because i was literally leaning in and we hope you join us next week for another episode where we're asking and inviting you to sink in, listen to your own vulnerability, your own truth, and find your own decided heart moment.